The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of every Premier League match week, as well as the Champions League and the Europa League. Two. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Earl, and here are today's topics. Manchester City are Premier League champions for the third time in four seasons. We'll recap how they did it and if anyone can stop them next season. Chelsea's disappoint, disappointing defeat at Stamford Bridge to Arsenal. Leicester City's crucial win over Man United to put them eight points clear of West Ham. And a preview of that big match at Old Trafford between United and Liverpool. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's no place like the movie theater. The smell of fresh popcorn welcomes you to a full-body experience while candies and sodas compete for your attention. Hoping to join you in the best seats you've reserved on Fandango. It's where movie lovers buy tickets, pick seats, and double up on rewards points all online. All that's left is to walk in, snack up, and sit back. Visit Fandango.com or download the app today for your ticket to the movies. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. I have never seen anything like this. How about that? An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. All right, my friend, we have a champion. Um, mm-hmm. Always nice to, to be able to say that. Um, I think we all knew that Man City from a few weeks out, we're probably going to be the team to do it, Rob. We mm-hmm. certainly didn't, well, I didn't certainly didn't think about it at the start of the season. I had mm-hmm. Liverpool winning again. Of course, it went badly wrong for them with injuries, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who did you have at the start, Rob? Did you have Man City? Uh, I had Man City, yeah. I had Man City, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, go on then. So, you got it right. Um, mm-hmm. What did they do? What did they do? What, what, what cut them apart, Rob? Why were they um, dominant? They didn't, listen, at the start of the season wasn't in great form. I think it was like three defeats in the first seven, something like that. We weren't so sure, wondering whether it was a time of his voice started to have a different effect, as the league maybe got used to them, as their passing game not quite as sharp, as a little bit of hunger gone. There was lots of reasons to look at the team early on, Rob, and go, hmm, maybe mm. it isn't going to happen this year. But um, as ever, um, Pep's football came through. And 
we hit around January, Rob, and they went 27 wins in 28 games in all competitions. It was something like a 20-odd game run in the Premier League. Job done. Over. That, that, that run of games, that amassing of points, was bigger and better than anybody else could put together. And so even with not a great start, and some might say whatever in the finish, that run of games, that unbeaten run, basically took him to the title. I think when you consider this season, Rob, and how difficult it's been with yep. the pandemic and starting in September and it's mm. a, a truncated season with all the amount of games, it was really hard for, for every club. Yeah. But Manchester City and this squad and this manager handled it the best, handled it the best. And we, we always know with Pep City and any team, actually, that he rotates more than anybody else. Mm. This was the season to do that when there's so many games and given the size of their squad, the quality of their squad, the, 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 the kind of the, the grooved nature of the team and the manager and the players' mm. understanding of what he wants, that familiarity, if you like, given this particular season, was just too much for everybody else. I think they're 10 points clear right now. Um, there's a few games left. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, you know, before we get into some specifics of individual players, I just think a masterful coaching, managing situation after a sticky start, Mm. Um, and then through the rotations, Rob, yeah. I think he just figured out his best, his kind of best team, his best 11, which is a little different, relying on mm. different players this year. It was no Aguero year or a Sterling year. It was other people. It was Riyad Mahrez stepping up to his best, Phil Foden coming through and, and, and showing us what player he's going to be in the future with a tremendous season. Uh, Ilkay Gundogan. We'll get into some of the details, Rob, but it yeah. just, I mean, well done for a difficult season and, and coming out you know, the top of some good football clubs that have found it less easy to win during these difficult times. It's interesting as well, Rob, because Pep's come out and said he, it was the toughest title he's won. He said he's, he's yeah. been in Spain, he's been in Germany, by far the English Premier League is the hardest league that he's yeah. worked in. And to win it under those circumstances, as you say, mm. truncated season, no fans, amount of games they've got to play, European football, dealing with injuries and, and all that the COVID bought to get it done. And, and I kind of thought, let, let me have a little look back through a couple of, of, of fixtures where things were decided, were changed, where things happened. And I've got a draw, Mr Musto, a 1-1 draw with West Bromwich Albion on December the 15th. Manchester City mm-hmm. was sitting sixth in the league. It was a Slaven Bilic team, the last game that Slaven Bilic played. Oh, and Manchester yeah. City drew 1-1. And folklore has it now, apparently... Fernandinho called a, a squad meeting with the players, no manager, no staff, and talking to some of the players about this ain't good enough. Who are we? What are we? What do we stand for? How do we play football? Fernandinho went to have a, a, a conversation with Pep. Pep enjoyed this conversation. He went to his staff and said, we have to go again. We've got to be better. We've got to work harder. We've got to... The whole club, Rob, from a 1-1 duel with West Bromwich Albion, ignited and got back to themselves. And, and I'm going to give you what, one more date. And we were, I, I believe we were doing the game. It was in away at Chelsea in January. I think it was still Frank Lampard in charge, I believe. Yeah, I think it was still Frank. 
And Manchester City went away to Stamford Bridge and, you know, they'd had a couple of results, but it wasn't quite going well. And, and when we looked at the, the, the team sheet, uh, Kevin De Bruyne is a false nine. It had Phil Foden one side. I think it might have been Sterling on the other. And we were looking at this team going, I mean, there's no centre-forward. There's no Guerra, there's no Jesus, there's no centre-forward. And for five or ten minutes, Chelsea uh, were living with the thing. And then Manchester City blew them away in a 15-minute spell. I don't know if you remember it, mate. And there was one where De Bruyne went on that left-hand side, nutmeg, somebody played the ball across, and Foden rattled it in for the third. They were three nil up. Mm. And it was almost like there was an embedding of confidence in what they were going to do and how they were going to do it. And from that day on, that false nine outfoxed, outthought, outmaneuvered so many teams when there was no Aguero, no Jay-Z, no 20-goal striker at the top of the pitch, yet people couldn't handle it. Yeah, I think that was a a key tactical decision that he made. I think it's a really good point, just going back to the Fernandinho meeting. I tell you, at that point, we were like, which way is this going to go with this team? Mm-hmm. Is Pep, can he go again? Or is it going to be like, oh, he's so demanding and intense and... But but so that's a really good point. And I think the false nine situation obviously is a big, big factor as well. Mm-hmm. Aguero was out injured, but Jesus had done okay. Um, and the other thing, Rob, as well, has to be the defensive improvement. Yeah. This team last year, Rob, I, the, I remember looking at the uh, the figures. They scored a ton of goals last year. Mm-hmm. But obviously, defensively, with hundred one goals, I think it was something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah it was a real big number. Goals, yeah, it was. It was an obvious stat. Like, mm-hmm. okay, defensively, it's got to get better, and it did. I mean, Ruben Diaz was a was a lot of money, twenty three year old uh, player, a Portuguese defender that's come in to spectacular success. So mm-hmm. when you bring that in, you bring the yeah. spirit from the captain and the club. Yeah. I've basically given itself a shake. Yeah. And you give the, the, the system-wise with the false nines and Phil Foden's emergence. Mm. There's your kind of recipes into how this happened. Um, and I've got, one more, I've got, one, more, I've got one, more, one more for you, though, because, and I know you like this one. Again, over the last couple of days, just started trying to dig into a little bit of detail what, what might have happened. And I'm reading a lot, Rob, that there was a, there was a spell where, where even Pep in the great ones it's kind of considering with the start and the way that the league was going in the amount of games, questioning himself a couple of times. And apparently, again, it, it, it's, it's out there for people to, to, to uh, discover if they want to. One more Lilo, the assistant yeah. coach, yeah. apparently had a really positive thing on saying to him, stick with what you believe. We've got this right. We need to work. He changed the shape. He was the one, of the, one of the two holding midfield players at times to give mm. him a bit of a break. But said, yeah. our football will do what it's got to do. We've just got to be better at, at, at when we turn over that we don't get on. Apparently, he had a really big effect on the, on the time when Pep might have been thinking about going another way. And he's a, a guy who's come in who gets no publicity, is not in front of the cameras. But recently, we've seen he, he's a guy who, who Pep's in his ear, who's talking to Pep, who's now, once the other week, I saw him sort of shouting at Pep as if to say, go on, you go and tell him. And yeah. I think he is, a, is an addition, Rob, that doesn't get any kind of credit. But I read a couple of reports where Pep's just said, you know, I needed my number two and one, one Molino stood up and, and, and supported me when I needed it. I remember uh, Leo coaching in Spain 
and he's a flamboyant one of those guys super experienced mm. now it's a really good point and and just before we go on to individuals rob yeah just on that tactically because you know for the most part for the longest time really pep's been a 4-3-3 guy yeah. and he does it of course every system does a little bit different with those two number eights in midfield really really bombing on but he's kind of shaking it down to basically a 4-4-2 his yeah. best team in the Champions League now is a 4-4-2, but the two strikers obviously are not strikers. Times, yeah. It's Bernardo Silva and it's mm. Gembroyner that are your double false nines, where they'll stay up. They'll be up there at certain points. Without the ball, they'll be there. But when they have possession, they're all over the place. Mm. And they're so good in possession, and you've got your wide players. So just think, you know, Pep playing a 4-4-2. Yeah. Of yeah. course, different to any 4-4-2. Yes. It's not a Sean 4-4-2, is it? It's not a Sean 4-4-2. But that ties in with the Leo point. Yeah. That, that maybe a, a, a you know a different suggestion of tactical side of it. It's good to one for the most part alongside Rodri. Mm. Um, it just gives them maybe a little bit more insurance on the counter-attack as well as those guys back there that all of a yeah. sudden love defending and they're hungry to defend. Um, yeah, all, all these tactical bits and spiritual bits and assistant managing bits is really important, Rob. But let's, let's I guess let's put, pick out a few key players, Rob. Yeah. Um, what 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 would you say? Who who's who's kind of been special for his manager this season? The one special piece that's come in is Ruben Diaz. Yeah, twenty three years of age. That's a special piece, Rob. That that's the difference maker. That that that's a defender who does anything to keep the ball out of his net. Doesn't really look like he cares. It's all business. We've had chats with him. Defends gets the ball smashed all over the place, almost like hit me in the face, that's great. You know, I'm not going to let it yeah. in. Just a natural-born defender that Pep's teams have had in the past, Pep with yeah. the companies and the Puyols. They look like they've got one in Diaz at 23 years of age, he's six or seven years of top, top level of this guy, who yeah. influences people around him as well, Rob. He's a talker, he's a leader, he's got John Stones better. I think Kyle Walker's yeah. benefiting from him being in, in the team. I think yep. the goalkeeper, just one of those guys, the, the, the two in front have become more disciplined because of his influence and his voice and his communication. They've got a special player in Ruben Diaz. Yeah, I'll go the other end of the pitch, Robin. And the seasons that, first of all, Riyad Mahrez has mm. had his best man City season where he looks much more comfortable in a City shirt and his, and his, his abilities and his goal scoring and his crossing and is, has been fan, fantastic, a big part of it. Yeah. And also, Phil Foden. Phil Foden. Wow. Yeah. We've been wanting to see more of Phil Foden for a long time now. Pep's been super patient mm. with him. And, and it's been at times we're like, he's, he needs to play. Well, yeah. he's, he's unleashed him at the right time. His emergence on the left-hand side, which is Raheem Sterling's spot, I think yeah. is one of the most surprising parts of this City dominance and success this year is really, for the most part, I mean, of course, Sterling's, contributed, you know, at different times. But it feels like to shake out the best team, Sterling's not in it. And that's because of Phil Foden. So yeah. that's the other player. And then one more, before we get on to some underappreciated, Rob, Elkai Gundogan. Elkai Gundogan's got to be in that, there, my that, friend. You talked about that that period of games where yeah. the crazy win. Well, mm. I didn't see anybody else doing too much scoring, no. Rob. Elkai no. Gundogan popped up with so many goals from an advanced midfield position yeah. that really kept the season... Yeah, five well, in some ways. I made a note, Rob. Kevin De Bruyne, five goals. Jesus, eight goals. Aguero, two goals. Sterling, ten goals. He's come a little bit late. Gundogan, yeah. twelve Premier League goals. I know. Based on, based on what that false nine, based on that situation, 
Gundogan's, if you take Gundogan's goals out, they're not in that position. They're still in a fight. They ain't won yet. Yeah. Gundogan's, and it was something yeah. that we didn't see, or I didn't know or didn't see, that there's 12-plus goals in this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it came, again, through another tactical innovation. Yeah. Cancelo was at that point. Rob mm. was playing as a fullback. Yeah. And, he, and, and with the possession, he'd go into a holding midfield position. Mm. He was then pushed, literally, like, on you go. Yeah. You go and get forward and try and score goals. And that's when we saw this instinct around the box of where the ball's going to get. A couple of lovely little side foot finishes into corners, mm. being in the right place at the right time, tapping in goals. So, again, another little tactical tweak from Pep yeah. that got the best out of his team in terms of scoring mm. when they didn't really have their top goal scorers on, in great form. Let's go to a couple of underappreciated players then, mate, because it, yeah. it's, it's sometimes easy to talk about them. I think Gundogan has, has got the plaudits, uh, but the number of goals is, is yeah. remarkable from a player. I'm going to go with one, my friend, who I think sometimes people think he's not really Pep's type of player. Kyle Walker. He's quick and he's physical and he can be quite aggressive. Some think he's a bit of a car crash. I mean, there was... You know, people in the media saying, "Oh, he's car crash waiting to happen," and he's he's he's, he's reckless around the, the box. And certainly, Kinsello came in much better on the eye. Lovely yeah. footballer, beautiful little technician. But actually, over the course of a season, Manchester City have needed Kyle Walker. They've needed mm-hmm. his defending. They've needed his aggression. They've needed his understanding of his role in the team. At times, he's going to have to defend and his pace can get back and get you out of trouble. And he was a player, Rob, who I think starting the season, certainly as the season was going on, I'm looking at that and thinking, Kyle Walker's not in Pep's first eleven. unfortunately. He's, mm-hmm. he's a guy to come on when you need him in defence. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, towards the second half of the season and on, not only has Kyle Walker cemented his place. He's become a very, very important part of this team up down that right-hand side. The games against PSG, when we needed defending against some of the best European players in the world, Kyle Walker is almost that guy back in the day where we used to say, put him on your best player and keep him quiet. Kyle Walker's got that ability. Yeah, he has got ability and it's it's so important for Man City. Again, it tied in with the tactical stuff. Mm. Cancelo, left back, goes into midfield. And the three of them, Rob, so to Walker as a right back, stayed back. Cancelo's in the midfield, mm. and the other three, it was Diaz, Stones, and Walker, were looked like a three at the back. So again, a little innovation there. And it's using Carl Walker, Rob, mm. where he's best. Yeah. Like defensively. I mean, he's not great going forward and, and playing one twos and playing through balls, but he's yeah. a great defender. And they've got plenty of them who can do that. To be fair. Yeah, they have. And it's a good shout. Like, and this is kind of what we've always kind of picked out players that are kind of important to the team, mm. but not really lauded. And Kyle Walker this season particularly yeah. uh, is, is a great shout. Um, I'm going to pick one. And uh, I, I can't give you a ton of data and fact about him, Rob. Mm. I don't think his numbers are, are, are amazing. But Bernardo Silva, I love as a player. Mm. I love a player... And this is maybe because I'm English and I, and I love our national team in England. We always seem to lack that technical football. Bernardo Silva is super technical, brilliant possession, never gives the ball away. And there was a period of time, was it the start of the season or maybe the last season where he didn't get in the team a lot? Yeah, and I thought, the end of Bernardo last Silva, yeah, Bernardo Silva is such an important player. And he has popped up with assists, 
with goals. He's been that false nine. He's an intelligent player, pops up in different spots. Mm. If, if players run forward, he just pops into a little on, on, on the right-hand side to, get, to receive the ball. And he's so trusted. And that's what this whole thing with Pep, with not yeah. really trusting his strikers right now to keep possession that he needs his team to do, because if they turn it over, they, they're, in, they're a little bit in jeopardy defensively. And Bernardo Silva's that guy. Again, mm. with De Bruyne, with Mares, with Foden, with everybody else, with Gundogan yeah. and all the defenders. I think he gets left out a little bit. So Bernardo yeah. Silva, I, I couldn't love him anymore as a, as a little player. Great attitude. He's got a little bit of fire in his belly. Mm. And he's a footballer. He's a yeah. player. And in, in particularly in any team, in a Pep's team, you need somebody who can give him the ball and he'll wiggle out of situations. It, I, I mean, a bit like... Um, I remember he had it to, uh, Andres Iniesta at Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Players around him, yeah. and he'll maneuver it out of situations and keep possession. That's what Bernardo Silva does, and I just I appreciate him. I don't know whether the general kind of Premier League fan will will maybe appreciate mm. what he does, but I think he would for me would be a little under the radar important yeah. player that's had a big season. You are, mate. So it's a good choice as well, and and, and sometimes it isn't always about numbers and. Stats, because some players aren't, aren't those players. And the other thing I'd say with him, Rob, is in terms of numbers and stats might not be there. You put football IQ on the table. This yeah. fella's ability to read space, to know where to run, to sometimes pull out so somebody can go inside and create the moles, sometimes come narrow. Just that, that understanding, yeah. that football intelligence it, it is off yeah. the charts. And um, yeah. With that in mind, I just, I just wanted to, I felt like, and I think we, we touched on it the last podcast, and just before we move on maybe in terms of who might the contenders be um, next season, who where's, where do we think the challenges have come up, I just felt like it, we, we, we again just need to tip of the hat to Pep in a way that yeah. three titles now, Arsene Wenger won three, Jose Marino won three, three of the greatest you know we've had from overseas. Pep's got three and he's got some time in his hands where you think you'd be surprised if, if three is his final number. But more than that, Rob, I was thinking for English football, what he's done in Phil Foden, as an example, is that's a great mark. Phil Foden, forever, wherever he plays, whoever he plays with and under, has had a schooling under Pep Guardiola that stands him in great stead. Mm. Point one. The second thing, Robert, I was thinking is I don't think we'll appreciate Pep enough until he's gone because what he's done with English football, he's challenged us. He's made us think differently. Every coaching exam, every coaching uh, credential in England should be looking at its systems and its way of playing. And he's brought something that's not only great on the eye and good in possession, but it wins. So he's kind of left something that says, think about it other ways, guys. It's not always just four four two or four three three. Players can play two or three positions. Systems can be fluid and change. You can win things without a centre forward, and mm. and I think that's really important that we as a game in England we, we think now we've got some of the best coaches. We've got a lot of the best coaches, but most of them have come from overseas. We've got to make sure our English coaches are having that same depth and breadth and experience and flexibility as we're seeing from some of these German coaches, Spanish coaches and Dutch coaches who are coming into our league and starting to show us there's a different way of doing things. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Couldn't agree more. What a, what a great uh, comment that was. And, and, and the way that he's done it, um, with the style that he's done it, it's, it's the hardest way to do mm. it. 
you know, tr- winning games with expansive football is risky football. And that's what he's all about. He totally trusts the way that he plays. And it is different. We've never seen a team as dominant, really, Rob, have we? Yeah. There's been great sides. I'm not, mm. I'm not trying to compare them against the Invincible, no. Sir Alex Ferguson's teams. But my goodness, isn't it? Isn't it fun to watch? And isn't it like, wow, how dominant they are in games where teams really are like, oh, blimey, we, we're going to chase shadows. We sit back and they find a way through. It, it, you're absolutely right. And you're also right when you say we won't appreciate it until he's gone, until we see teams win it in different ways. And it's mm-hmm. going to be tighter and it's going to be a little bit more of a battle, possibly. The way that his team plays and, and the 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 tactical nature of how he does it is pretty yeah. special. And, yeah. and you're right to bring it up because, you know, the, he's on the brink of, of the Holy Grail for Manchester City as a football mm. club to get them to the promised land, to win that Champions League title that it feels like he needs to cement himself in obviously Manchester City, but, but in some ways English football and some of the greatest managers that, that England's ever seen. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've seen this, the, the 100 points and the over 100 goals. But the Champions League is really what he's got to show. And I just Mm -hmm. think, and to be fair, you know, with this defensive improvement, I just thought, this is it. This is the time because he's got attacking flair for sure. But I now see a defensive side determination that wasn't there before. And that, in my opinion, is going to get them to where they want to be. Makes them different. Yeah, for sure. Um, Should we move on to the Chelsea game today? Well, just the last thing that we were going to we'll just touch oh, on just talk about, about the potential match. challenges yeah, for, for next, next season. season. Yeah, yeah. I and that does take that. us into our next game. But um, I just think, and we'll talk Chelsea in a second, but I, I think with Chelsea's improvement, uh, Manchester United, Rob, will absolutely believe that yeah. next season is their season. And it yeah. could be. It could be. Yeah. With I'm, I'm expecting actually some money to be spent, given, mm. given the kind of the ownership pressure and the, the talk about improving the squad again this summer. Yeah. I, I feel they're going to go for it with somebody. Cavani has signed for another season, which is great mm. news for them. It might stop them going for Harry Kane, but they might use the money in, in other areas. Um, who else? Who else might? Liverpool, I think, can go again. Will be better, yeah. Those, those injured players back, they'll probably be one or two in, maybe one or two out. I think they'd like to feel they can go again. Who do you think could be? I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it, without... Yeah, the, the, the I mean Chelsea. Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea with the right addition up front can absolutely close the gap. Not quite sure they're ready to win it, but can close the gap. Absolutely, be, be maybe part of it if, if they, you know, start well, get run of form. Um, outside of that, Robert, I, I find it hard to, to to think that either the two North London clubs will will challenge for it. No. Um, I'm interested in my in, and, and I say it. A little bit tongue-in-cheek, but uh, I don't miss the devil. Little Leicester. I'd like, I'd like to see Little yeah. Leicester go again with, with Brendan. It, it's it's a, um, you know, the younger players. It'll be a learning if they can, you know, massive win for them. Yesterday, they, it gives them a great chance of Champions League football. Can they go again, Rob, with a little few additions? We see Ian, Ian Acho come in. You know, Bobby Barnes will be back. Madison hopefully fit. That midfield, uh, indeed, Ian Tielemans. There's a lot of good pieces with Leicester City. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be one Rabu game. Couldn't they? Well, do I think they'll win it? No. Could they go too closer? I believe so. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal 
and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics, Friday, July 26th on NBC and Peacock. For the world's greatest athletes. This is the showdown we've been waiting for. There is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage. It's a world record again! Go for the United States! Unbelievable! And when that stage is Paris, anything can happen. An Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The Paris Olympics. This summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Sometimes, Rob, with young players, which brings us on nicely to Chelsea. Yeah. What's so exciting for me about young players, you don't really know where mm. the ceiling is yet. Yeah. We, we don't know where some of these young Leicester players' ceilings are. Mm. And we sh- certainly don't know where some of the Chelsea uh, ceilings are, some of the young players. Now, Chelsea nil, Arsenal won. Yeah. Uh, Bit of a kind of a, a shocking result. I remember yeah, the lineup, yeah. and it was full of their younger players up front: Mason Mount, Christian mm. Pulisic, and Kai Havertz. I, I think the oldest player is twenty-two. It's a really young front line, um, and everybody, for the most part, is excited about them for the FA Cup, yeah, Champions yeah. League final, and mm. what they might do next next year. Rob, what did you think of this performance? I, I mean, I was pretty critical. Like it, it yeah. just, I know there's one game. With a focus in three days, by the way, in three days at the FA Yeah, yeah. So, I wonder. I wondered if that has an think? effect. I wonder if that has an effect, especially for a young player. I mean, maybe for some of them, it's the first FA Cup final, or you know, being part of something where that you know it's that first medal that you're going to win. I don't know if that plays a part. Um, while the, while it was a young front line, I didn't think it, it, it's a front line. I'm looking and thinking can give Arsenal all kind of problems. Have its mountain in Pulisic. If they if they click into gear, that, that's, yeah. that's a problem. So right. I'm, not, I'm not feeling like oh, it's a young team. Oh, you know the, the focus isn't there. I just thought it was really interesting com- uh, comments from Thomas Tuchel and where he said he made too many changes. I think sometimes mm. I've always said, you, uh, and I've played in teams where if a manager makes too many changes, it sometimes takes a little bit of the seriousness out of it. Well, he's making all these changes. I don't know if it's just a mentality that gets in my head. Um, and the other thing I, I'd look at it is, is opportunities for some players. Some players, if you get a shirt in this team, you got to make it as an opportunity because that's your chance of, of, of playing the next game. Um, he'll obviously be, be, be you know, thinking about the, this FA Cup. But I thought more than anything, Rob, the biggest thing that, that I came back and I thought, this is a proper manager who's got his eyes and his feel all over the football club when he said, I smelt it, I felt it in training. I mm-hmm. thought that was a really compelling thing that he said because you do, we've been there, you know it some days. In training, it's buzzing and everything's going well. You can't wait for the game. And other days, it's a bit sloppy and people are not quite on it and it's a bit easy ozy. And I just get the sense he picked that up yesterday and, and it was interesting that he said it after the game. Yeah, you consider 
that they came through against Real Madrid. Yeah. Last weekend, last Saturday, they beat Manchester City 2-1. They're in the FA Cup final on Saturday. Maybe a little bit of complacency, Rob. Like this is an Arsenal team that have struggled. There's no one really to to fear Arsenal right now. I thought Kai Havertz was sloppy, mm. was casual. You saw it from his shot over the bar that was just kind of ran through and hit it over. Uh, Mason Mount is quite quite. I've seen him again. It's not to say that these players, you know can't have a bad day. Yeah, um, they, they did. Yeah. Pulisic yeah. was in and out of the game a little bit. Uh, yeah. I thought they wasted the first half. Second half, they livened up a little bit and they yeah. warmed up uh, to, a, to an exciting last 10 minutes. But it's just, yeah, just a, just an off day. We, we showed a run of clips on, on the broadcast uh, that was a bad day, bad efforts, yeah. offside yeah. goal, hit the crossbar. Um, but Tuchel, always honest afterwards. The only thing I would say, Rob, he said too many changes. But just just back on your point a little bit. But those changes were, were good changes. Havertz mm. didn't play against Man City, didn't start. Mason Mount didn't. Ben Chirwell didn't. So it's not as though... Yeah, but like, you wouldn't say either players. those three were particularly on top of the game. Looked like they, they should, were, were, it, was, it was almost I, like they probably preferred not to have played today. Yeah, which is like, what, why would they prefer that? They're rested up. They should be ready to go. Yeah. yeah That's right. why... Well, I think it, looking me, forward me to that. I can only think it's worth yeah. thinking of this the weekend. It's the only yeah. thing I could think. But I, I mean, it's a right point. It's a, it's a fair point. They have been rested. You know, Alonso played and left. You know, yeah. Chilwell comes in. I mean, yeah. I don't know who's his number one choice. You would think Chilwell in that position for the weekend, but it, it may not be a given. What about goalkeeper, Rob? Kepa. Kind of a yeah. weird one. Like, I, I mean, okay, so we know that Kepa's been the number two mm. goalkeeper and yeah. he's been he has been the FA Cup goalkeeper. Is he... So one or two things here. I was talking to Tim Howard about it. Is he trying to give Kepa a game, a warm-up game, that he's sharp in the mm. FA Cup final? Or is he going to custard pie Kepa? Yeah, yeah. Right? And play Mendy on Saturday. So I think more the, second, game more the second. More the second. Oh. oh. I think so. Well, wow. Well, so he's going to, he's let him play at the well, whole Well, do you think he gave play. him a game to sharpen him up ready? Yeah, maybe. A game is ready to go. Yeah. It's one of those two. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it could go either way. I, I, I'm not sure. I think... I sense with this guy, he's ruthless enough not to to think. Mm, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go with what's what's strongest. the best thing for the football club. The strongest, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, he's been I'll great. Take a little bit of and that out of it. Shall we, Kepa, come in, in the room? I need to have a chat with you. Wow, but that, that yeah, would be, be interesting. Be interesting. And these are some of the things as a, as a new manager in a football club you have to think about because they have lasting effects. Sometimes these kind of decisions, you know on players, whether you're playing in the, the FA Cup final or not, whether you're involved in the first team picture. You know, some players can take that quite hard. Well, what's funny, right? And, I, and Tim won't mind me telling the story, but it, mm. he said it happened to him. He was the uh, the League Cup goalkeeper at Manchester United. Yeah. He gets him all the way to the final. He gets a custard pie off, off of Sir Alex Ferguson. Sir Alex, Sorry, mate. Yeah. Van der Sar came in and they win the cup. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, it sounds, and he said it's like, I'm gutted. Yeah, devastating, but, but yeah. Yeah, but it's, I guess he got his winner's medal, which yeah. totally deserved because he was a goalkeeper yeah. for most uh-huh. But that sort of thing can happen, I guess, yeah. with certain managers that are ruthless about it. So, funny story, but uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah. on Saturday. And yeah, Tim uh, thought thought more of the second bit, like... Yeah. I think really? he's going to play on Saturday. Yeah, he yeah, thought yeah. I think more so. than well, yeah. give him a warm-up game. And well, well, they, yeah. Little line on on, on Arsenal, Arsenal, mate, because it's, a, it's yeah. a good win for him. Didn't particularly play brilliant. Got you know good press 
that, that force the mistake for the goal. They get the goal. It's enough to hang on to. Chelsea keep missing chances. And despite having all the possession, I think you said on, on air, it didn't particularly work the goalkeeper in a way that you go like his Bert Leno was pulling out worldy saves, yeah. which is a yeah. bit of a worry, you know, for all that possession. It was a bit like early Chelsea. I haven't turned that possession into creativity, which is, you know, the Man City thing for all that possession. Then they have three or four great, you know, that ball goes across the six yard box. Don't yeah. quite have that bit nailed down yet, um, Chelsea. But good result for Arsenal. Um, interesting response from Mikel Arteta about the his, his comments in the press conference that he thought got misconstrued. I quite like it. I like that he's fiery. I like that he's, yeah. he's supporting his players. I like that he doesn't want to be uh, misquoted. Um, and that's okay for me because I, I kind of feel with, with Mikel... He's going to have to go through some tough, a few tough times, a tough summer, some tough decisions. He's got to now do his job, and that's okay. And being prickly sometimes is, is not a bad thing. Just keep those yeah. press on the toes. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it. I wrote mm. down like fiery, fiery Mikel. I, I don't mind it. Yeah. The only thing I would say, I mean, he did kind of say that. I, I well, don't let the truth. Don't get. The, don't let the truth get in the way of a, of a good old <laughs> record. Well, Alex Ferguson was a master of it, and, and Jose. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, it, it just basically confirmed with a question. The question was mm-hmm. like, have you had everything from, you know, all of your players this season? He said, well, for the majority. So, he, mm-hmm. and, and of course, the, the headlines, yeah, I mean. the quick, <laughs> the papers yeah. and stuff were on it. And yeah. I think it upset him, really upset mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Really, some of his players, Rob, yeah. maybe something like, you know, we've given it, you know, I don't know. But he was super fiery today with it. And because yeah. he got the victory, you know, that's when managers like, can have a little bit of a pop back because, yeah, they yeah. because they've had a victory. Him, yeah. I mean, I, I tell you what he did as well. Tactically, Rob, of course, I'm sure you noticed that he went exactly the same as yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, matched up, didn't he? Yeah. Matched up. And, yeah. I, and I've got to say, and the first half, they knocked the ball around quite well. Mm. And defensively, when you got Tierney and you had um, Saka. Saka on the outside, yeah. Back, yeah. Five at the back helping defensively. Yeah. You had Elneny and, and uh, mm. Partey. And mm. it's kind of what Chelsea do. They, yeah. they play with a five sometimes and two holders. Yeah. I thought it suited them pretty well. I don't know if Arsenal have done it they have played with the three at back at some point during the season. Yeah. But I just think they might they might revisit this. Yeah. Suited for Smith Rowe, who played mm-hmm. well. Odegaard, Aubameyang up front. Yeah. Didn't look happy when he was substituted. No, no, you didn't. Really no. unhappy. That's not a good relationship there. That's no, some things, right. yeah. That's, well, well, we'll see what happens with that, that yeah. one. Yeah, obviously, yeah. you know, there's a little bit of history. But yeah. Good, good signs in it. Good signs it, for it, Yeah, and it's a bit like, I think, Tuchel came in at Chelsea and looked at the two... The partnerships didn't really see the partnership like and went three. And I think Mikel Arteta might benefit from that with Arsenal as well. I don't see a, a great pair. Maybe three centre backs just fills in the right yeah. spaces, gets people in the right That's holes, that. and then you've got yeah. a bit of a bit of pace, a bit of creativity with Tierney and Saka. So yeah, yeah. a good result for Arsenal and just keeps the door slightly open in European football for them. I mean, I know it's a tough yeah. one. I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying, yeah. but yeah, you know, yeah. um, Still, still a little outside uh, outside look at it. Uh, let's move forward to um, Manchester United. Last yeah, yeah it's Tuesday. United. Yeah, yeah, you know it's a big game. Um, certainly, United wanted to win it. I think for themselves first and foremost, then to make sure that City don't win the title. Leicester need to get back to winning ways after a bit of a dodgy run draw against Southampton, defeat against Newcastle, not a good performance, and Leicester got the job done, my friend. In, in you know. Uh, difficult circumstances going away from home against a, a, an M4 Manchester United. Um, there was a little bit of, of um, reassurance to Brendan and his group because I just felt like 
confidence, another defeat and confidence might have taken a knock. And they've got a, they've got a tough run out. Just looking at what they got left of the FA Cup at the weekend. And yep. then they're away at Chelsea in the league and at home at Spurs. So they've got, they've got two, a couple of tough games. So that win was, was crucial massive. for them. Absolutely massive. And you saw yeah. it, Rob, with the celebration yeah. on the field with the players. Proper celebration. The manager mm. beaming smile. That was such an important win. And fair play to Leicester. I don't think they're playing particularly great. Mm. I think they're limping over the line a little bit. And I'm not surprised with the amount of games. Yeah. And the size of the squad. It is pretty much the same players, Rob, each game for Leicester yeah. with a couple of tweaks. Um, but what did you, of course, the headline with this game is like the, the 10 changes to Manchester United. <laughs> yeah. They played Sunday. Yeah. This was Tuesday. They're playing Thursday against Liverpool. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the top four race to kind of help Leicester with a weakened team is big. They're going to go strong tomorrow against yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool, we'll Liverpool fans, Rob. Yeah. Basically, on the back of Man United not being able to fulfil the fixture, the fans' protest, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, yeah. they're going to be livid, aren't they? Are you okay with ten yeah. changes yeah. of this game and its effect on the outcome of the top? Well, I, I actually listen. I don't like the situation because I think it's ridiculous to, to have to play in that time. But I have to say, on this one, I'm okay with Ollie. I got to look after my own my, my own ship. My ship is getting, get, you know, I have to put a decent team out against Liverpool because that's in the history and nature of the football club. I've got so many games. I've got to, I've got to rest and rotate coming up. I've got a Europa League final coming up where I might not have my captain. I've got to do what's best for me and my football club. And unfortunately, and I get the Liverpool thing, and obviously it's a big rivalry, and obviously with all those things, but that's very secondary to my main thing. I'm manager of Manchester United Football Club. I want to finish second in the league. I want to win the Europa League. And I want to protect my players, Rob. I've, I've, I have read some stuff from United uh, fans a little bit. Um, we could have, we could have, we could, we're still in the title race. Mm. We basically chucked a game to Leicester. We, we were still in it. We, I think they're going to play these games and potentially be one. Yeah, yeah. Newcastle could have been if, 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 Newcastle have beaten City and they'd have won it. Yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot, a lot, a lot. I mean, I don't agree. I don't optimistic on United fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've been a little bit moaning about it. Shouldn't have made so many changes. Let's try and get the job done and still be well, ready. Well, if you did, uh, would those same people, if, if you'd have played Cavani and Green and then they got an injury and you lose one of them, or, you, you know, or lose against Liverpool. Yeah, you, you yeah. can't win, can you? So, I mean, yeah. uh, Listen, it's not it's it's not great, and it's 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 not great for the league because you want that competitive edge in all the games. But I, I get it from Ollie, and I've got to be honest. If I was sitting in that big seat, I'd probably do the same. Fast forward, my friend. Tomorrow, mm. Thursday, massive, yes, massive game, four fifteen p.m. Yeah. Eastern time on mm. NBCSN. Um, what a game it is! Give me some, yeah. give me some odds, mate. So, Point Best Sportsbook and our partners have given us some odds. They see Liverpool. Slight favourites at plus 135. They see Manchester United at plus 185. And they have the draw at plus 250. So United, Liverpool slight favourites at plus 135. United at plus 185. The draw stands at plus 250. Where is your 50 cents each way going? My 50 cents each way sit on the fence is the draw. <laughs> at plus tw- Come on. <laughs> I I, I, I will, I, I just, I mean, that's where my money be going. I'm going to edge. Winner, I'm, gonna I'm edge. definitely going to give you a winner. Um, yeah. If there's to be a winner. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's Man United, Rob. Mm, I, I, I think it's Man United. Same. And I, yeah. let me tell you why before you... Mm. Let me tell you why. United obviously rested. Yeah. Uh, be hurting from a little bit of criticism. Be hurting a little bit from mm. the Leicester loss. Um, I don't believe they've got a game at the weekend. I think, I think they're, they, they're off, aren't they, this weekend? Yeah. I think they're off. So everything to give. Mm. And I keep going back to Liverpool's back line. I'm picturing, yeah. imagining... Yeah. Reese Williams and Nat Phillips yeah. against Edison Cavani, Paul Pogba, Bruno and Marcus Rashford mm. that should all be ready and able to play in this game. Yeah. I know Liverpool's desire to go and try and win the game. So in that expansive part of it, I just think United will be like, OK, yeah. you come and attack us. We've got some talent and firepower and pace and experience and goal-scoring threat when we go forward. And I mm. don't think the Liverpool defenders... I mean, this is this is as high, almost a higher level as attacking plays you're going to get with some of these those star yeah. players I've talked yeah. about. I think they make an impact, Rob, and an influence. And if I'm going for a winner, I think it'd be narrowly Manchester United. Yeah, I think I, I, I'd agree. Just slightly United in that, you know, listen, Liverpool are going to have to hit those heights that we've not necessarily seen this season and almost yeah. sustain it through to the end of the season, Rob. You know, I know they've got West Brom, Burnley and Palace after this game, almost got to win all those games to give themselves a, a chance at 69 points. But um, I agree with you. I just think that against that back line of maybe a Phillips and, and, and a Williams against the, the craft and the pace yeah. and the movement, you know, that's just going to be so hard. And then it's against a Liverpool front line who Mane scored last time out and Chogo got his goal, but it's not quite firing in the same way. So at both ends of the pitch, just think... And, and also, Rob, the, the last game... Maguire, no Maguire. Yeah, there's United. no Maguire. That's a, that's a so good that does yeah, that's, that's you know, a level it up a little bit, maybe. I don't think Lindelof and Bailly are quite at that same yeah. level. No, that's a good point. Forgot about mm. that. And by the way, he's he's going to miss their reckon every, the rest of the Premier League. Yeah, season. ligaments. Isn't it's a it? yeah. big doubt. And it's mm. a big doubt for the Europa League as well. The only thing I would say about Liverpool as well, it was Southampton they beat last time, Rob and Allison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made five, five six match. good saves, didn't they? Made a yeah. lot of good saves. So again, yeah. that just goes ties back into the. The yeah. shaky defence Liverpool's been there, bugbear all season long, of course. Well, if Liverpool fans weren't happy about United putting out a, ch- uh, a, a weekend team against Leicester, they've got to do themselves a favour now. They've got to go to Old yeah. Trafford, get that job done, get the three points and give themselves a chance. Incentive for, for United, obviously, if they beat Liverpool, it pretty much makes it, it almost possible for them to make Champions League football. So, massive game, as ever, as they always are at Old Trafford. That's it. For this week, mate, when Manchester City win the title, courtesy of a Manchester United defeat. So that's three titles out of four for Pep's side as the Blue Moon rises again. We'll be back on Sunday, May the 16th, when we'll look back at match week 36 and we'll review the FA Cup final played on the Saturday when Leicester faced Chelsea in the Wembley Show. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musto, together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, be healthy. We'll see you at the weekend. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good, good night. night. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.